I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. I'm your host, Rose Skeeters, licensed therapist, mindset coach, nutrition coach, and overall individual who struggled herself with borderline personality disorder, eating disorders, mental illness, and has overcome those things. So today I want to talk about something that I struggled with, jealousy. We're going to define jealousy. We're going to talk about retroactive jealousy, which is something that's been coming about um, over the last six months or so. I've been seeing that talked about more and more, and it's super important to address that. I'm going to share a story, um, some of the things that I battled with, and some ways that you can work towards overcoming jealousy and retroactive jealousy. Okay, jealousy generally refers to the thoughts or feelings of insecurity, fear, and concern over a relative lack of possession or safety. This is a definition, right? It's a disposition, an attitude, or a feeling. Jealousy can consist of one or more emotions such as anger, resentment, inadequacy, helplessness, or disgust. In a relationship, jealousy can emerge because of things like comparison, fear of rejection, not feeling good enough, feeling unworthy, and it can be very troubling. For individuals who have um, borderline personality disorder or complex post-traumatic stress disorder, or let's just say like a history of people leaving them, hurting them, and rejecting them, jealousy is almost like par for the course in relationships, right? I remember when Jay and I were dating in the beginning, I was jealous of things I didn't even know I was jealous of, right? Like if you had asked me, does this make you jealous? In other words, I would have been like, no way. And then when it came right down to it, of course I was, because what I was actually jealous of wasn't, you know, what I thought I was, but it was actually anyone who knew who they were and who seemed like what I would define as stable. And anyway, I'll get there. So when I first started, met Jay, who is my current husband. For those of you new to the podcast, uh, my husband and I own Thrive Online Counseling and Coaching, and uh, we do this work together. And when we first got together, he had helped me as my corrective relationship to battle a lot of the negative parts of borderline personality disorder. And he was able to talk me through how to think the way he thinks, how to see him and his character and to mentalize him. You know, and in exchange, I received this empathy and insight that I'm able to share with you now. Um, so anyway, Jay, he was a personal trainer when I met him and I was not fit. So I was not a personal trainer and I was not fit. I was uh, whatever, you know, he wanted me to be. Now, the truth here is that I did actually want to be more fit. I wanted to be more active. I was toying around with dietary changes, paleo diet, movement, things like that, because I did know that that was something valuable to me, but I wasn't, you know, something, someone who was proficient in it, an expert at it, and I did not like discomfort or physical pain in any way. So real serious working out that would achieve any kind of results was not in my wheelhouse. Working out, right? Like watching a video on YouTube and halfway doing it until my heart rate is just elevated enough that I can can no longer focus and don't want to do it. That was like my fitness level to be very specific for you guys out there. And so when I met him, I mean, being an athlete and a personal trainer, somebody who's really serious about fitness and dif- discipline, you know, that was 
man, intimidating. I had never met anyone like that. Jay is, you know, phenomenal in that he can work out and just like keep going. He's not thinking about how tired he is. He doesn't feel while he's working out, right? So meaning he doesn't, I mean, he feels while he's working out. Okay. For all of you out there who are clinicians listening or who are parents listening, uh, what I'm meaning to say here is that he's not stopping to indulge in any narratives that his feelings might be telling him while he's working out because he's focused on the mission, right? And so I had never met anyone like that. So I started thinking, oh man, this is awesome. Like we will work out together. So I got some some squirts, which if Jay was in the room, he would laugh. A squirt is a skirt with shorts underneath. So I went to the store. I'm like, okay, I can't wear shorts because I'm not fit. I still want to look cute. I, I'll get these squirts. That'll hide the fact that I haven't, you know, worked on my legs ever. Uh, this is funny. And so, you know, I did that. I went and bought this workout equipment and I totally looked the part, right? Anybody else really into like looking the part? <laughs> um, and so, you know, I was excited about it, but very quickly I realized like this is a threat to me. This is something that I don't understand. I don't do well. I'm not naturally good at. I have to exert effort for. It's uncomfortable. Um, lots of things. But yet at the same time, you know, I understood the value of it. So I, you know, never would have thought I would have gotten as jealous, but I did because personal trainers hang out with other personal trainers, don't they? Yeah, like during the workday. And, you know, people who are in the class of personal trainers are like attractive people. And they are, you know, people who their life is based on, not their whole life, but that career life is based on aesthetics. You know, and so when we would go to events, there would be beautiful women everywhere, beautiful people everywhere because they're fit people and really everywhere I mean we would do like uh, he would do the CMC which is a, a combine race you know think of like the Spartan race and you know I would I went to go and see him up there when we were dating in the beginning and I remember looking at like all of his friends like I was excited to meet these people and then I'm like oh my gosh like uh never dated a personal trainer before never been in this world before everyone else I had dated was like a musician whatever and here he is standing around all of these like really gorgeous women because they all were like the fittest women to be on this team. So boy, oh boy, did jealousy, retroactive jealousy, all the jealousies pop right up for me because they were threats to me. And I started making comparisons and I started feeling paranoia and creating emotional narratives about how he would definitely rather be with someone who was fit and it was tormenting. I remember one time, you know, he had had like a fond memory of a family and a, and a country he had lived in overseas when he was uh, playing basketball overseas. And I had created this narrative that he didn't want to be with me because I wasn't from this country, right? A female from this country, right? And really like bringing up the person he had dated in the past in that environment and like comparing myself to this individual that I had never met, but still doing that. And, you know, I found that any text message, anytime he was on his phone, I started obsessing over what he could be doing. I was really interested on what he was doing on social media, who he was hanging out with, who he trained. And it took over and it was something that you know I hadn't thought of myself in the past as a jealous person but boy that came up for me very quickly and so I wanted to share that experience because 
you know, I do understand that it's a real thing. Now, I don't know um, about kind of separating it into terms. I know that there's one thing I've learned after doing this podcast is that there is a lot of different ways to say the same thing. And so I probably have multiple episodes where I'm saying the same thing as someone else said in some field. But I think that's a beautiful thing about communication and language, though, is that I can perceive information and communicate it to a certain audience a certain way, and maybe it'll resonate with you. That's my hope, that it'll resonate with you in a way that maybe other information doesn't. Well, for me, you know, I never had terms to describe these things, maybe because I wasn't interested or I just didn't look it up. But I just thought, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous, right? I'm jealous. I'm threatened. These people, I'll never be good enough. I'll never be these people. Um, I am five foot four. So already right there off the table for like being a top 10 model, <laughs> right? Really too short for these things. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I have this threat and you know, the definition, if we look at retroactive jealousy of, of what that is, um, let's see, I, I uh, want to pull it up here. Retroactive jealousy refers to a person's distress or perceived threat about their partner's past romantic relationships. This can occur even if their partner is no longer in contact with their exes, the ex-partners have moved on and they are not interfering with the current relationship, Right. So jealousy is going to occur in any relationship and they're saying, right, with this retroactive jealousy that it, it can often be accompanied with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, which is a clinical diagnosis and it can just be something that happens to people who have had rejection and abandonment, who have anxiety, who have a fear, who have had attachment issues, breakdown in, in maybe in development, right? And so the way that I think of it is hyperbolic jealousy, right? So you can look at it both ways, but really what we're talking about is anything that takes your focus away from building a loving relationship with a partner and building a life with this individual to focusing on their flaws, what could go wrong, how you could be rejected, how you can be abandoned, how you're not good enough. We want to shift that, you know, that focus becomes shift and we want to make sure that we're able to shift it back. So to me, I became jealous at first right, of like anyone who was fitter than me. And then it became obsessive because that was what I thought I needed to achieve. Like I thought that in order for me to be loved by him or someone else, I needed to be the thing that they wanted me to be, right? And then I created a version of that in my head, not really understanding the concept that he meets me. I give him my vulnerable self, and then he falls in love with that and they either align or they don't. It's not the fact that we do everything the same together or that I was fit or I was from another country or all these things. It was actually that I am who I am and the gifts that I have are brought into the relationship. They blend and meld and meld with his and we build a life together. All right. So if you're listening and that's a kind of a, a interesting concept to you go ahead back and like rewind and listen to it again because I know it was for me you know I, I really didn't understand that I thought that well I met this person I really like them I want to keep them so I'm going to be like what I think that they want me to be and you know I had created this thing like I have to be super fit because I have to be like these women now there's a lot of flaw in that logic, 
And it really puts me in a position where I could have an obsessive nature to that thought of like, I'm going to make it my business to do everything hyperbolically speaking in my power to be these women, not thinking, hey, uh, maybe that's a bad idea. Because if this individual wanted to be with this person, why wouldn't they have been with this person instead of choosing me? But that those things didn't cross my mind. Because I just became focused on those intrusive thoughts, those obsessive thoughts about what had happened in the past and all of the ways that this person could leave me and reject me and abandon me. So now that you have these terms defined for you, why does retroactive jealousy happen? And what are some things that I can do? Now, I wish that I could hear everyone's individual story and help you specifically with this, because I would imagine that if you're in a relationship that you struggle with this, especially because we know that when you have trauma and attachment issues growing up, that feeling of uh, a feeling of safety and security is can be pretty foreign. And so it's like the as if the only end to a relationship is a rejection, right? So the one number one reason why does it happen? Fear of rejection, fear of abandonment. Another reason that this happens is insecurity, feelings of unworthiness, low self-worth, comparison to other people. Um, and maybe it's also you're looking at the other person's past behavior, their character, your past behavior in relationships, and your character. Maybe those are some of the reasons why it happens. And again, so I wish I could say to everyone their unique individual situation what to do, but because I can't do that, I'm going to give you some broad things that you can do and definitions. And then, you know, I encourage you, if you want some more support with this, reach out, schedule a session. You'll see we're doing some rebranding right now. ThriveOnlineCounselingAndCoaching.com or ThriveOnlineCounseling.com, excuse me. It also goes to SkeeterStrength.com, which is another part of our business and you'll be able to see this you know progression um, as time passes of our logo and everything shifting towards really that thrive um, logo so check that out that's where you can schedule with me I'd love to help you out um, especially if you're confused and you want more tailored individual advice but what do you do well because it's Tuesday truth I want to start with why would I even be jealous to begin with? It's because I have to ask myself, where do I draw my self-worth? What makes me worthy? Well, you can say nothing. I'm a failure. Nothing makes me worthy. And, you know, I would hope that at this point in your recovery, you've done some work with a therapist, a clinician, a coach, just within yourself to recognize that you are not all bad, that there are good things to you. And those good things can come to you. A good way to find out if you're worthy through some gifts that you have is, is to go out and volunteer. So you can bring those gifts to the table. It really makes you feel like you're a part of something. And, you know, I know I've said that a lot, but that's one way. And that's what I want you to think. If, if you know, you had to volunteer to help an underserved population, what are the gifts that you would bring to the table then? Does that make you worthy? Maybe some of you who are really in a dark place would say no I would challenge that and I would really ask you to contemplate where do you draw your self-worth if you're in a relationship is it comparing yourself to other women you know I wanted to be in a situation where I could be in a room full of women who are much more beautiful than me smarter than me more cultured than me fitter than me all the than me's 
and that it wouldn't matter and that I could stand in that presence in that space and know that I was created for a purpose that I matter that I don't have the same gifts as maybe the people in that room because again five foot four so already cut from you know the tall model scene <laughs> but it didn't matter doesn't matter because I'm there in that room because I also have gifts that are different maybe complementary, maybe that I can bring to the table and that I don't have to be just like everybody else or look a certain way or you know uh, like a certain hobby to be counted as worthy and because of that there is no comparison we can talk about how behaviors are similar across individuals with borderline personality disorder, but reality, there's really no comparison between what I go to, through and what you go through. There's relation. We can connect because it's relatable. But comparison, I've had a completely different life, a uniquely different life than anyone I know. And that's, you know, it's really powerful because that alone separates you from the crowd in a good way. Because you have passion and intensity and experiences and gifts that you bring to your relationships, to the world around you that are valuable. So if you begin to question where you draw your self-worth, who are you, what are your gifts, then you can focus on the truth. So that you can begin to understand that when you make those comparisons, you take yourself away from that relationship. Right? You're not no longer in that relationship. If you're trying to compare yourself to the, the person who has exes and things like that, well, then you're no longer in that relationship. What do I mean by that? Well, this individual is choosing to be with you. And sure, maybe if it's early in the relationship, we don't know whether or not you guys are compatible. Compatibility and rejection and abandonment are different. Compatibility means your quirks and my quirks are going to work well together. We can go on vacation together and I'm an early riser and you're an early riser and you like to walk and on your vacation to the beach and you like movement and relaxation to you is being in the sun and moving and enjoying a, a, an alive-like experience. Well, if you, got, if you and I can kind of agree on that, we're compatible. But an example of incompatibility is if you like to party at the bar and I don't drink. And we're supposed to now go on vacation together and we're just kind of at a stalemate. That's an incompatibility, right? But uh, something where, you know, if we're not talking about incompatibility, we're talking about like comparison. We're saying this individual, you, you know, you could never love me the way you loved her or you want to be with her. You don't want to be with me. Well, what if that individual made a mistake with those romantic partners? What if they're trying to turn over a new leaf like you're doing right now to, to be here and listen to me? What about them? Right? Do they have an opportunity to have a life before you that you don't punish them for? And, the, and are they okay to make mistakes? Have you made mistakes in the past? Yes. So is it okay that they make mistakes too? Are you willing to forgive them if they have made mistakes and understand that they had to have had a life before you in order to be able to get to the point where they're choosing you? Right? So it's very important that in your work, you start figuring out how can I reframe my thoughts and look at the truth, Tuesday truth, so that you can determine where you want to draw your self-worth from. Right? For me, I'm created for a purpose. I have gifts. There are things I'm not gifted in. Lots and lots of things. <laughs> 
that I'm not gifted in, that I am not good at. And the more I do this podcast and the more I do this growth work, they become, you know, maybe sometimes painstakingly obvious. But that's okay. That doesn't mean that because I'm not good at everything all the time, I'm not the fittest, I'm not the prettiest, I'm not the smartest, I'm not the strongest, I don't have the best this, that, or the third. That doesn't mean that I don't have gifts and talents and that I'm not worthy. Right? So I really want you to start there with your Tuesday truth for your point of reflection is figure out why am I trying to convince this person that says that they love me and they choose me and they want to be with me and they want to build a life with me to hate me? Why am I doing that? And what am I doing when I'm in the comparison mode? What, what does that do to my relationship? Does that take me closer to the person that I want to become? Or does it put me in a position where I am obsessed, not living in the, the relationship, and I'm pushing the person that I'm in relationship with away, right? What decision would I like to make? So I understand, again, this is only a start, so I would love to hear from you. You can go and visit thriveonlinecounseling.com or skeeterstrength.com. That will take you to the same place, as I was saying before. And you can click on schedule a session. It's a bright yellow button on the front page. My schedule will pop up. You can click right there, schedule a session with me. Once you schedule, you will receive a link to our call, a confirmation email, next step and directions, and we can work through it. And I would love to have you. In the meantime, as you start your journey in decreasing those obsessive, intrusive thoughts and that jealousy, figure out what your reasoning is, and then please spend time reflecting on where you would like to, in 2024, draw your self-worth. Is it in other women on social media? Is it in what you're not good at? Is it in what you think your person wants? Or is it in who you are and your gifts and the things that you do bring to the table? All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for sharing space with me for another Tuesday Truth. I am excited because we are going to be having another recovery story coming up, and I know how much you guys love those. Remember, if you're newer to the podcast, you can pop back a bunch of seasons. Um, the first and second season are filled with recovery stories, and then they are sprinkled sporadically throughout the episode. So I understand. I know a lot of people like to listen in order, but if you're willing to step outside that, you'll get a lot of good hope out of those recovery stories. And my hope for today is that you have a wonderful week and you embrace the fact that you are not all bad. You are a good person with a good heart and that you have gifts and you are valued and you are loved. All right. I will see you guys next week for another episode of Tuesday Truth.